21 minutes to 11 o'clock. Off we go to New York. Tracy Kwan, good evening. How's it cooking? Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. I guess you're watching the Oscars, not. Well, the movie I was interested in <laughs> didn't win. It was up against a movie called Colette. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, the movie I was interested in, we discussed last fall, a love song for Latasha. Mm, remind us. Even though it didn't win, it's obviously a great film. Yes, Yes, that was a documentary. A Netflix uh, was w Netflix was airing it. A documentary about a fifteen-year-old girl who, oh, unfortunately, yes. was shot to death yeah. by a shopkeeper in Los Angeles and unarmed, and was treated by you know the court system after she died post mortem was treated as a threat to the person. Who killed her and that's a very interesting situation and I, I do think you know there obviously was a racial element to this because uh, the victim was black and the person who killed her was Korean so mm. anyway um, yeah a love song for Latasha uh, made it to the Oscars didn't win but was nominated uh, mm. for documentary short yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. They're all they're all amazing. It's a, it's what you call a crapshoot when it comes to it, I guess. But uh, what well, recommended by you very heartily before? Yeah, I think we both um, thought very highly of it. And uh, yeah, I, I I also was hoping it would win because I thought it would um, add some complexity to the conversation we're currently having about mm. Asian American issues. Mm. So I just feel that people are being portrayed as one-dimensional victims, and it's just so much more complicated than that. I Living in America you've is... You've got a very good point there, Tracy. I mean, is it easy... What, why do you think this is? Is it easier for the, some of the news organizations just to say, uh, Asian American persecuted or, or you know, um, black kids shot, persecuted, etc., etc.? Is it easier for the news guys? It, yeah, it does make it a little easier um, <clears throat> to create this kind of clickbait and to categorize people. Mm. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are not our labels. We We're really not. are complex beings. And living in this society, you know, in a country that has a lot of racist uh, uh, structures and a lot of guns is, uh, yeah, it's kind of a big, messy, it's a big, messy um, experience. Um, and But, yes, that doesn't lend itself to easy headlines. Hey, quickie question on the subject of guns. Do you believe Joe when he says he's really going to go after it? Well, let's see what can be done. I heard the other day that there are more... Is this possible that there are more guns than people? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing States. would be surprising anymore, right? <laughs> that was a little startling. And then I heard that on, you know, on NPR or something or WNYC. And, uh, and, and then the person touting that statistic soothed us a bit by saying, it doesn't mean that everybody has two guns. It means that <laughs> there are a small number of people who have a whole bunch of guns. So... Yes, that made me feel so much better. Um, <laughs> but here's something that is making me feel better. The vaccination rollout in New York City. Yep. Um, by the way, I have to say, the vaccination uh, program has turned me into a train spotter. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know these people who, like, study the train timetables? <laughs> and, and, yeah. So... Even though I've been vaccinated, uh, 
I still go to the vaccine list. It's called the New York City Vaccine List mm. website. I still go to that site, and I like examining it to see what's going on. How many vaccination appointments are available at the Javits Center? How many are available at Yankee Stadium and so forth? So, um, yeah, There's nothing wrong with talk- that, Tracy. I mean, it's probably given a lot of people a lot of interest similar to you, and I guess it's all good. Listen, we, we are a nation, a city of train spotters. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my people. So, um, yeah, we were talking a few weeks ago about whether the mayor would really be able to get all of the city employees who are working from home. And that's only about 20% of the full staff. Mm-hmm. Most of them are already out there in the field. But we, we weren't sure. I wasn't sure. I was convinced that he wouldn't be able to get everyone back to work in June into their offices. Um, but uh, I think maybe it will work out. And I'll say why. What I've learned on the Vaccine List website is that certain locations are designated for city employees only. Okay. So Brandeis High School, Brandeis High School, which is on 84th Street near Central Park West. Uh, so that's the Upper West Side. That is a vaccine site, very large, and it's only for city employees. Is it, so is it working? Been, I mean, it's great that it's there, well, but is it, actually, is it, you know, the wheels turning? Well, we're going to find out in May, you know, as the, well, maybe we'll know more next week. But because he has said that he will get everyone back to work in the first week of June, back mm. into their offices. And, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. Okay. Um, yeah. But, what I mean, what are people saying? Are they are they are they playing ball or are they? Well, some people, of course, want to get back to work. But I did hear on a call-in show um, some city employees saying that they didn't feel that the offices were ready for them. They didn't feel that it was safe to travel okay. back to their uh, you know workplace. Very good point you bring up, Tracy. Are people in New York very concerned about? how you get from A to B, because here in Hong Kong, a lot of people are saying it's all very well having these rules, but there I am on the MTR, on the subway, crammed in like a sardine. If you are, if, if, if a majority of the population is vaccinated, if people are wearing masks, I, I do think that public transportation is uh, safer. Mm. And I, I think public transportation has been unfairly demonized during this health crisis. And um, I know I sound a little paranoid, but there are people whose politics, the, the agenda is to demonize public transport. So the minute they can, they will. I don't think anybody's come up with anything that really would work anywhere on public transport. People have to get from A to B. You mean anything that would work as an alternative? What do you mean? Well, an alternative to being jammed in together, etc. I think it's one of those things that really is a cul-de-sac. It really is a, a major problem that there perhaps isn't an answer to. You just have to tough it out and cover up. You can run more trains. You can choose to, to devote your city budget to having more trains mm-hmm. and more buses. You can cer- There's certainly many um, solutions. And, you know, those are choices that local governments make. <laughs> Uh, so, no, I have to respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Uh, and so now we also have a number of vaccine sites, pop-up sites, specifically designated for grocery store workers, okay. or bodega workers. And, um, and and then we have some smaller locations, um, like chain stores and so forth, offering the vaccine, you know, from the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Those have not 
those have we've had mixed reviews on those. I do think a lot of people prefer to go to the city-run sites at these big places like the Javits Center. Which Surely they prefer to go to somewhere near center. near them, don't they? Well, both. Some people want to go nearby. But sometimes those small operations are not as efficient Got for it. various reasons. Mm -hmm. And some people want to go to the big convention center, which is run by the city. So, you know, we have everything. And and finally, the other good news I have is that the governor of New York State announced that there will be a program, uh, medical workers visiting grocery stores, supermarkets and bodegas to vaccinate people on site at work. So they can, so they're they don't have to it, worry so much about. Yeah, they're making it as easy as possible for people, aren't they? They should have been doing. They should be doing this in more places. But yeah, I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good news. I want to ask you about the mayor race. Who is Ray McGuire, and why is he running for mayor of New York City? <laughs> well, Ray McGuire is a poor boy from the Midwest who made good. He came here a long time ago. And he uh, was at Citibank. He made a lot of money, not as much money as Bloomberg, but nobody's made hey. as much money as Bloomberg. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's he's done very well for himself. Um, and yes, he was recently endorsed by Naomi Campbell, the supermarket model. Mm -hmm. Did you know she was a New Yorker? I She's did a not. New Yorker. I did not. Spike Spike Lee, the filmmaker. Yep. And my favorite, what actually got me to pay attention to him, was that LL Cool J endorsed him. So you're cool with all this celebrity stuff, you know, when people say, well, what's their contribution well, to society? I, well, he's LL Cool J, basically. LL Cool J is great. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, I uh, round away girl and all that sort of thing. Um, so he, yeah. Ray McGuire, I actually don't know if he has what it takes to become the mayor. He, When he talks about his plan, he's very logical. He's clearly an experienced businessman. He sounds so much better than Andrew Yang, <laughs> who is his coming. natural. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andrew is his natural. Yang is his natural competition, but he's made more money than Andrew Yang, and he's much more, he just sounds more intelligent. All right. um, Andrew Yang is constantly saying foolish things. Um, McGuire may sound boring at times, you know, because he's quite earnest, mm. but he's never foolish sounding. So that's good. He's a very sympathetic figure. You listen to him and you really want to like him. And and he reaches out to you. He says, I love New York. I'm running because I love New York. And it's believable. Are people talking about him? That's the important know. thing, I think. They are. But I don't think he's going to win because I think he's just a, a little first he's too new at this okay and I just think he doesn't have quite the pizzazz unfortunately mm. but maybe he will run again you know maybe he won't win this time but he will run again I know there are some weird reasons for things happening you t you started off today talking about stereotypes archetypes I mean here's Andrew Yang obviously a Asian American is all of this stuff gonna push his profile well, he doesn't make Asian Americans look very good. Yeah, but the point is, he I, is honestly, one. You know what I mean? And in terms of in terms of pure spin, I'm just wondering. Well, what he's doing is helping us to remember that you shouldn't vote for someone just because of their identity Indeed. having you know yeah. resonating with yours, and that applies to just about anyone. Um, so yeah, he's just he's not that credible, and he's revealing himself to 
to he just seems like a buffoon you know (laughs) andrew yang he recently he recently alienated a whole bunch of gay people in in greenwich village who have like a, a political club and he just he embarrassed himself there so it wasn't good now um i do there is an event i want everyone to know about mm. coming up on yeah next weekend this coming weekend i'll put something on the morning brew facebook page so you can go there and learn about it what we got we are celebrating the life of Margot st james um you have to register for this event it will be unfortunately it will because of the time zones it will be at 2 a.m on sunday right. <laughs> but um some people might be up and it's a it's a lovely event we're going to memorialize the life of Margot st james who was a, one of the founders of the sex workers movement in the united states which so. does or did what is it more is it like a union kind of kind of yes she started an organization called call off your old tired ethics and and that stands for coyote and then what happened was that in the united states all the other groups that got going after that for the first 10 years or so gave themselves animal names in solidarity so we had the prostitutes union of massachusetts which spells puma Uh, we had pony prostitutes of new york pony and uh and on and on and on i think there was the association of seattle prostitutes which were asp <laughs> and yeah uh, and then there there was a group in toronto called better and all vicious erotic repression now if you think about that that spells b-e-a-v-e-r so yeah. there were all these animal names in solidarity with margo's uh you know um is a spirit now you know Mar- margo died in january of 2021 she had mm. a pretty good innings you know she was up there you know she was born in 1937 so yeah. do the math yeah how did you first hear of her well um she was known when i was uh beginning you know as a teenager in the sex worker rights movement my inspiration came from france from the activists in france and she was visiting europe I was living in in the UK at the time. She was visiting Europe. In fact, she was visiting the activists in France. Yeah. And um, and she was passing through. Um, she was passing through London. So that's how I met her. And obviously, uh, um, an inspiration for starters. She. I'm just reading a little bit about her as you're talking. So San Francisco, the Tenderloin. Now that immediately sounds like a really fruity area. Oh, yeah. San Francisco also has a, um, quite a reputation. You know, it's a very colorful city. Um, it it vies a little bit with New York's uh, Greenwich Village, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, I mean, it's a whole city. So Greenwich Village is just part of our city. But, the you know, Greenwich Village personalities sometimes have a, and Brooklyn types sometimes have a fondness for San Francisco. Mm. Um you know, and uh, it is because of Margot's organizing efforts that we currently have 10 states in the U.S. Mm. with significant proposals in place connected to decriminalization and sex workers' rights. Mm. So, for example, in California, Oregon, New York State, uh, and a bunch of others. What happens, I mean, obviously it's to remember her life and stuff, but what what essentially is going to go down? I mean, is this online and in person? What? It's going to be a live, kind of like, you know, it's a prepared event. Sure. It's going to be like the Oscars. It's going to be like the Oscars. It'll be a live event, 
So, you know, you should register. You should go to the link on the Morning Brew Facebook page and register. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you'll get an invitation to the event, um, to the location. You can write to me if you have any problems registering right, I'm on Facebook. All right, well, that's, and, coming up, that's coming up on May the 1st, so we can have a chat about that a couple of days later. Yeah, we'll talk about it after. People will be talking about, you know, the influence that she had on their work and their activism and some very, very interesting surprises, actually. We're going to leave it there, Tracy. As always, thanks very much. All the stuff she wants you to know about, linked up on her Morning Brew Facebook page. Hey, have a great week and thanks as always, right? Bye-bye for now. Thank you, bye. See ya.